Good morning and welcome in, everybody. Today we're going to take a look at a passage of Scripture from the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 through 2 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. To understand this passage, we first must understand what it means to restore. In the dictionary, the word restore is defined as returning someone to a former condition or a place. For example, a student at school might get kicked out of a classroom because of bad behavior. But then later on that afternoon, since they sincerely regret their inappropriate actions, and they apologize to the teacher. Well, instead of enforcing the penalty for the wrong that they committed, the teacher completely forgives them and restores them, receiving them back into the schoolroom once again. Restoration also means being reinstated to a previous position, and this is exactly what happened in the parable of the prodigal son. The son was overtaken by the fault that he had committed, and eventually repented and confessed it to his dad. Instead of punishing the son by lowering himself to the level of a servant, he meekly restored him to sonship. He completely reinstated him to the place where he originally was the day that he had left. He forgave him right on the spot without retaining any bitterness or resentment towards him in his heart. This is what it means to bear another man's burdens. The dad was fulfilling the law of Christ by forgiving and reconciling the son unto himself. Likewise, in order for us to fulfill the law of Christ, it means that if somebody sins against you and they humbly confess and apologize for their faults, you must completely forgive them from your heart. This is so they can be restored to the former relationship that they had with you in the past. If you cannot forgive in this manner, you're not going to be forgiven by God, which will utterly result in damnation of the soul. Now, for a moment, let's talk about what it means to be overtaken in a fault. When somebody is overtaken in a fault, they're consumed with grief because of something wrong that they did, and they feel godly sorrow inwardly and possess a contrite and penitent heart. Look at 2 Corinthians 7, 9-11. through 11. It says this, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner, that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of this world worketh death. For behold, this selfsame thing that you sorrowed after a godly sort. An example of being overtaken in a fault is found at Luke 18, verse 10. The humble publican was grief-stricken and brokenhearted because of his own sins. He was beating upon his own chest because he was in such pain for the wrongs that he had committed. When he approached God in such a manner, he found a place of forgiveness and restoration with him and went down to his house justified. When we come to God confessing our faults with a broken and contrite heart, he can restore us unto himself through his grace and mercy. The Apostle Peter is another example of someone who was overtaken in a fault. When he denied Christ three times, he was filled with bitter self-reproach and heartfelt grief for the wrong that he had done. He felt so bad about it that he tearfully wept. Even though he had done what was wrong, Jesus restored him to apostleship once again. 
That is the incredible power of God's grace, which can be received when he sees you overtaken in a fault. Psalms 51 verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. God wants to forgive us, but some people can't attain it because they do not possess a broken heart. The Apostle James warned the church about this very thing. James 4 verse 8 through 10 says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. <clears throat> Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep, and let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. An impenitent person is filled up with pride instead of humility. They don't possess genuine sorrow that would cause them to apologize or to even express regret. The reason why is because their conscience is burned and void of feelings. 1 Timothy 4.2 says, Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. David was a man who loved and served the Lord with great fervor and zeal. By the power of the Lord, he defeated the giant enemy, Goliath. And he was eventually crowned the king of Israel. But even though David was a great man of God, he later got involved with sin in his life that he greatly regretted. Like Peter and the humble publican, he was overtaken in grief for his fault and mourned before God for what he had done wrong. He was filled with godly sorrow. Look at Psalms chapter 51, verses 1 through 13 says this. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part, Thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. One last example today is found in 1 Corinthians 5, when the Apostle Paul had the church remove a fornicator from among them. Instead of feeling sorry about what was going on amongst them, they were puffed up with pride. Apparently, the person felt deep regret for what they had done later on, being filled with a contrite and penitent heart. They, too, were overtaken with grief for their fault and found grace in the eyes of the congregation. Second Corinthians 2, 6-7 says, Sufficient to such a man is this punishment, which was inflicted of many, so that counterwise you ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. We are supposed to go and sin no more, but if you sin, 
you must repent quickly because it shows that you genuinely care about the person that you have wronged. The more time that passes, the more hard and bitter the heart will become. If you can't apologize, something is definitely wrong. Some people actually believe that they only have to confess to God rather than a brother who is upset with them. And to hold that belief is heresy. It goes in complete contraventions, uh, contravention to the teachings of Christ. And those who truly believe that, they're not going to be in heaven either. If someone is overtaken by a fault, it means that they feel bad enough about what they have done to show sincere regret and make the effort to apologize and to reconcile with others. When they manifest these feelings, restoration and forgiveness can happen, because as we learn from the lives of the Apostle Peter, King David, and the prodigal son, each of us might make a mistake. What needs to be done is to meekly restore those who repent, understanding the frailty of our human nature, and that all of us are sinners who might occasionally do what is wrong. Each of us need a portion of God's grace so that we can eventually be perfected, overcome all temptations, and get back up and do the right thing. So let's think about these things for right now. We can be found on your web browser by searching TLKJBC, where you can find our diaries distributed through various platforms. We are not associated nor affiliated with any other religious groups. You can get our entire podcast feeds directly, along with transcripts at TLKJBC.com. Or I suppose that you can find us somewhere up here in the great northern Minnesota woods. Peace to you. And Lord willing, we will talk with you some more tomorrow. Till then, bye-bye, everybody.